If you're worried your friend may be struggling, remember, you don't have to be there to be there. You can say how are you or get a fake tattoo. You can ask with an app if it works for you. You could chat on a game, kick off your flip flops. You can ask on your couch while you binge watch. Reach out to a friend about their mental health. Learn how you can help at seizetheawkward.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council, American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, and the Jed Foundation. Hey guys, it's me, Isabella Gomez, filling in for Smokey Bear because he's got more to say than just... Only you can prevent wildfires. Like, if you're outside enjoying a barbecue, don't let a hamburger distract you from fire safety. Make sure you aren't dumping your hot coals or ashes onto the ground because that could start a wildfire. So take wildfire prevention seriously and let's save the world one day at a time. Juntos con Smokey Bear, podemos hacerlo. Go to SmokeyBear.com to learn more about wildfire prevention. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Welcome into the Sports Insanity Podcast. Let's go completely insane, peeps! What is going on here? Welcome into another edition of the Sports Sanity Podcast here on Sports Sanity Network. This is the bottom of the third inning of the 12th game. Thank you for being here. As always, we love you. We appreciate the support. And thank goodness we got the best weekend in football, which is the divisional round. Coming in. Hot on a Saturday. Mike Griffin, come in, buddy. How's it going? I'm good, my man. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. He uh, uh ear to ear, his dolphins are no longer in the playoffs. So that's a I guess it's a plus by the way they ended the season. You know. You know, I can't be angry about what happened last Sunday. I can't because I thought they were gonna get crushed. Yeah. And I would have been insufferable if they had won. Yeah. Now, of course, they if they had better coaching, they probably would have won again. I said this to Moser, and I've said this to a lot of people. If that game is played the same way, and two is the Dolphins quarterback, the Dolphins won that game. They bl- they obliterate the Bills because I think two is a better quarterback than that entire roster of quarterbacks you'll have. Yeah. So. <laughs> So it just goes to show you, quarterback does make a difference. Lawrence Patchman Lang, come in. How's it going, buddy? Oh, good, my brother. As you mentioned earlier, beautiful people. Thank you for coming back and listening to us. Side note, beautiful people, great Marilyn Manson song and also great theme for WWE's um, Friday Night SmackDown. So always a great Mm. theme right there, beautiful people. But happy I'm here. Happy that you guys are here. It's going to be a great bottom half of the inning. I'm dawning this for the weekend for all the Cowboy fans, including for Noah and Old Ops guy. So I'm rooting for the Cowboys this weekend against the 49ers. Yeah, screw screw sent the Santa Clara 49ers. Seriously. Yeah. I, I want a good game because, you know, Mr. Purdy has been doing pretty good for the 49ers, but I think the Purdy magic is going to run out finally. And we're going to see 
a little bit of Dak magic along with a little Zeke magic too. So remember, feed Zeke and Dak, you got this. <laughs> prove, prove the doubters wrong and prove that leader of first take wrong so he can keep biting his fingernails and keep waiting for him to say, how about them Cowboys? But it might be a good how about them Cowboys coming from that leader of first take. <laughs> excuse me. Your excuse. Oh, it is going to be, I, I, I hope it will be a great weekend of NFL action. We start with the Jaguars and the Chiefs. This is the Saturday slate. Jaguars and Chiefs, they are the 430 game on the Saturday. Uh, it is obviously at Arrowhead. Jaguars obviously on the road for pretty much the rest of the playoff uh, time. And, you know, it's interesting how, once again, we get a very matchup that should be going in favor of the Chiefs. Yet, by the way the Jaguars are playing, we honestly don't know how they're going to play, really. I think the thing that's interesting about this is if you take last week's game into account, what happened in the second half with the Jags and the Chargers, which was just utter bonkers what the Jags were able to do. I think you could tell that Brandon Staley is a first-time playoff coach. Andy Reid's been there, done that. So I, I I think the Jags keep this close. I still like the Chiefs at home. I do too like the Chiefs only because they're obviously more experienced. They may not have the same players that they used to have, but coaching's still there. Mahomes is still there. Kelsey's still there. That's a big problem. And, you know, the Kansas City crowd is craving for a victory here you know they, they get that first round by you you would pretty much expect um the chiefs to win this and they're gonna obviously play the hearts out however i i'm expecting a very close game i for this run by the jaguars is truly amazing patch man because it's one of the things that it's a little unexpected you know sort of like the little team that could uh, but th- they had studs on their team that could really, really make it uh, somewhat of a of a challenge for Kansas City. Yeah, you, you know, after the comeback last weekend by the Jaguars, the Jaguars, I think, have momentum on their side. And we've seen it in the past with teams getting this first round by. I'll use my Green Bay Packers as an example many moons ago. Went 15 and one the regular season, get the first round by. What happens? Sam Fran comes to town. Mr. Colin Kaepernick comes in and shocks the world, knocks off the Green Bay Packers. We've seen it happen before. I'm not saying it could happen to the Chiefs this, you know, happening tomorrow, but you know, momentum's on Jacksonville's side because they pulled off that comeback. And yes, you might be going to Arrowhead to play the Chiefs, but it might not be that bit of a challenge, you know, once again, momentum favors the Jags. I agree with you. This game is going to be closer than people expect. People are thinking, Oh, the chiefs are just going to blow out Jacksonville. It's going to be like a 48 to 10 route. 
I don't expect that. I think Trevor Lawrence is out to prove that, you know what, I can be on that Pat Mahomes level and maybe even shock the world, just like, you know, what happened many moons ago with the Packers and the 49ers with Colin Kaepernick. Trevor Lawrence is out to prove that, you know what, this team belongs in the playoffs and that they can pull off the upset. I like the way the Chief defense has been playing to close out the year. They were, I know it was Jared Stidham in week 18, but they were all over them. And they had five sacks the first time they played the Jags. I, I, I'm not going to bet against the Chiefs at, at Arrowhead. Love what the Jags have done. And I think they're building the foundation for what they expect over the next five, six years or so. But not an Arrowhead, not against Mahomes. Be also be interesting uh, thing to see Doug Pearson uh, go back to Kansas City, where he had a lot of success under the head coaching of Andy Reid. So it'd be pretty nice to see that happen. Again, they are the early matchup, four thirty uh, start time. Then, of course, we have the Giants and the Eagles. Uh, and I-, I hate to say it, Giants fans, because. Uh, As a New Yorker, of course, I want to see New York do well. So, of course, I'll be rooting for the Giants. However, I think the Eagles are a bit too much. They were a bit too much with their first stringers. They were a bit too much with the second stringers. So, I don't know. Obviously, they have a lot to play, chip on the shoulder. They're going to do whatever uh, it takes wherever possible to win this game. And I believe Brian Dable can put this club in a great position to at least make it a game. But the Eagles are going to be too much here. They have the weapons. They have the quarterback who, assuming healthy and well enough to play, that's what they've been saying for the past few weeks, and they've gotten enough rest. Let's just see. Let's just see how how big of a difference it is go down turn bike. Hmm. The Giants scare me still. (laughs) As as I've said a few weeks ago on the podcast and throughout other various shows throughout the last two weeks, the Giants are dumb enough to go on a Super Bowl run. And granny, you know, they might not have the perfect team, but, you know, there's a little bit of, you know, I would say... mm, Bad blood for the Giants because, you know, the Eagles swept them in the regular season. No, you don't, you don't want to get clean sweeped. You don't, you, you don't want to get broomsticked, you know, by your divisional rival, your main rival in the NFL three times in a row, you know, twice in the regular season since divisional play. And then they'll, hey, one more time for good measures in the playoffs. Giants are, these New York Giants are going to go out to prove that, hey, maybe we can beat the Eagles. And granted, you know, it might favor the Eagles, but then again, we've seen the Philadelphia Eagles crash and burn in the playoffs, regardless if it's, you know, them having the first round by or them not having a buy and having them either go on a ro- go on the road or go on the road and lose. We've seen the Eagles crash and burn. Am I going to say that's going to happen tomorrow? No, but 
don't count out the Giants tomorrow. The Giants might find a way to pull off another upset and go on to the NFC Championship game. What do you think they have to do to win this game, Riff? Uh, Daniel Jones has to be smart with the football. Saquon, as I've said, has to do Saquon-like things. Defense has to show up, not crash and burn. Look at them against Minnesota. They played a great defensive game against Minnesota. Wasn't the prettiest, but they still, you know, they held their own against Minnesota. And, you know, we thought Minnesota was going to route the New York Giants, even though I said Minnesota was going to crash and burn. But, you know, Daniel Jones just has to then be doing what he's been doing, playing great football, being smart with the football, not trying to make plays. Saquon Barkley, you know, just has to be Saquon. Saquon's been great this year. Wide receivers have to be there. I think the Giants have to utilize the middle of the field. I think that's where Philly's really vulnerable defensively when you watch them. So so I think that's a big play. I think Saquon has to be the guy because I don't think Daniel Jones can win this one with his arm. But Daniel Jones's legs are going to have to be key. And they have to they have to stop Jalen Hurts. Like if the the receivers are going to do their thing, Brown and Smith are going to do their thing you have to limit what they do but you can't let Jalen Hurts' legs beat you and I think that's where the Giants defense is going to come into play if they can get a turnover or two maybe something like a surprise onside kick catch them off guard a little bit I think the Giants actually will pull this off I don't love the way the Eagles played to close out the regular season I wonder about Jalen Hurts' shoulder. I have concerns about Philly. They've never been in this spot with Jalen Hurts and Sirianni and those guys. This specific team, yeah. This specific team. So if the Giants, they can take a lot of confidence from what they did that last week of the season where it was backups, and they were competitive for the most part in that game. So if they take that, you bring in Jones, he doesn't turn over the football. The Giants got a legitimate shot here. Obviously, pass protection, too. And I mean, you talk about the defense, Rifkin. It will be nice to get a defensive touchdown here. Yeah. If, if Kayvon Thibodeau can have the game he played right. in Washington. Yeah, or or even a, shell, a little bit of that game. Just yeah. Like that, he's starting to come alive. Yeah. I mean, definitely turning over the football. Um, you know, if you could, I would say, I would silence Brown because he's Jalen Hurts' biggest target. If you can silence him, that will be huge for the Giants. And I don't know if the Eagles are going to allow that to happen. The pressure is definitely on Philadelphia. Philadelphia is the one seed. They're trying to definitely go to the Super Bowl, very quick turnaround they have with this team. But, of course, they have the weapons to do so. So the pressure's on them. So if I'm the Giants, it, it's a why not us mentality that I always preach on this podcast. You always got to be like, look, if we win, we win. That'll be very exciting. It'll be great. But if we lose, okay, well, it's time to move on. But why can't we do it? 
that's the type of mentality the Giants have to have uh, and stuff. Again, I think the Eagles are going to be a little too much for the Giants, but uh, we'll see about that. Uh, I'm go ahead, Patch. I'm I'm happy for the New York Giants. It's just the fan base gets to me sometimes. <laughs> It's no, no offense to any of the New York Giants or any of their fans, but all the bandwagon fans, you need to go back off the bandwagon and sink like the Titanic in the Atlantic. Come on. Just go away. Even, even, jet, even jet fans are willing to look. I want the Giants and I'm going to root for them, but I'm not going to be like, I'm going to wear a Giants jersey and I'm not going to be like, oh, let's go Giants on Twitter or screen. No, 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 no. I'll be like, oh, okay. No, nope. yeah, I'd rather the Giants because New York, and of course, I don't like Philadelphia because Philadelphia. And, and and then and and now also all the people that are behind Daniel Jones that were not behind Daniel Jones That's need to go away too. <laughs> no, which is no. A, another tangent for a different day. Sorry, I'm I, I, I cannot buy this whole Giant fan being like, this is my quarterback. He's always been my quarterback. No, 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 no. Because last year you're ready to dump him. Mm-hmm. You already dumped his ass, and of course, I was one of the non-giant fans that said they should have dumped him, but they wanted to give him a chance, and they gave him a chance. And look, uh, this is—I give all the credit to the coaching, and I don't want to hear any. This Giants team on paper is trash, but the coaching has got them this far. Exactly, Brian Dable has gotten them this far. We, I, I see, you know, Daniel Jones. He finally has his coach, just like, you know, with Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. You know, he went through the Urban Meyer debacle. Daniel Jones went through many debacles through his short career so far. And unfortunately now, you know, Daniel Jones is in a situation where he, you know, his fifth year wasn't picked up. And now I feel the Giants are going to overpay the man for what he's, no offense to him, but what he's not worth. But but it, he is worth it. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna get overpaid, but he's worth it because a lot of the mistakes that we've been talking about with him, mm-hmm. he's pretty much corrected it. I mean, yes. it's not quite fully corrected, but it's there. Like you can tell that he's really worked hard and he's buying into the system and he's acting more like a leader every single game, and that is crucial in a playoff win, Ripken. There's a term used in hockey called a bridge contract. It's about two years. That's what I would do if I was the Giants with Daniel Jones. I'm not going to buy fully in, but I'm going to be halfway. And if he plays well for the next two years, he's going to get that long-term deal. They also have the advantage of the franchise tag, which they could say, hey, here's a one-year offer. Do it again. And we'll pay you big bucks next uh, the following offseason. Isn't that like forty million dollars or something? I mean, it's, it's a lot of money. Or He's, am I thinking of Saquon? I don't know. I, I, I will Google it for you. Yeah. Um, while, while Rifkin uh, gets that answer, uh, the start time for the Giants. They head down the New Jersey Turnpike. Okay, the, the number is actually 45, so 45.2. So maybe they're better off seeing if they can get that two-year deal done. Yeah, I mean, look, even if, even if you give him like $25 million, that's probably something that's reasonable for Daniel Jones. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, he, 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 
I wouldn't do forty-five million for Daniel. Jones, no, but that, that's well, we know how the quarterback market works in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. Look, if I guess if, if you're trying, if you know that he's going to be your guy and he wants to stay, and you're going to you want to get another year to do it, but then for all that, you should have just picked up his option. Well, I think because it's a new coach and a new GM who aren't tied to him, Thank they're you. like, okay, you have to prove it. And he's gone out there and he's done his job. Now, the other part of this for me is if you're going to believe in him, you have to do Joe Shane, Brian Dable. You have to do what you did for Josh Allen in Buffalo. You have to go get him a Stefan Diggs. So that, that I mean, would be number one priority for me on the Giants agenda. Yeah, right now their number one is Hodgins, who's been spectacular. I mean, obviously, uh, Saquon being an RB1. But definitely a true number one receiver would be crucial for the Giants moving forward and stuff. So we'll wait to see what happens there. Eight, uh, 8.15 start time uh, in Philly. Now, in other NFL news, we have two more teams that um, have uh, offensive coordinator openings to Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Baltimore Ravens uh, have parted ways with both of uh, their OCs. Rifkin, your reaction, uh, Byron Lethwich. I'm very disappointed in the Bucs. The Bucs were a top five scoring offense the last three years under Byron Lethwich before this year. They fell to 25th. Byron Lethwich got penalized because Tom Brady's getting older. He got penalized for three-fifths of that offensive line getting hurt. And he got penalized because Todd Bowles is an incompetent head coach. Yeah. Bruce Arians retired means Byron Leftwich should have gotten the job. Now Byron Leftwich is without a job. And quite frankly, any team in the NFL who willing to pick up Byron Leftwich as their OC is going to win. Jets, Jets, Jets. I was about to say the Jets after their departure with LaFleur. <laughs> I mean, the Jets could do it. Maybe he goes to Baltimore and pair him with Lamar, see if that can work. Yeah, the funny thing is Lamar is going to be a part of that search. So. I think, and that's huge because that means Lamar is going to be the Raven quarterback next yeah. year. It's just weird. I, I know um, first take to um, address this this morning. It's just weird that we're seeing black coaches just get fired and, you know, I I would say it's unfair, but it's just like we're we're seeing a depletion of even more of them now. And it's not right because most of them really know the game that well, and it's they're getting I guess an unfair let go. Well, it's also the fact that the vast majority of NFL players are African American, and you know representation on the higher level is not even close to what the players are. So I think that's, that's why the argument, that's why the outrage. And if I could just take this out further, like if you look at the Texans last two years, David Culley was one and done. Lovey Smith was one and done. They never believed in those guys to take yeah. the job in the first place. At least they, not hired, yeah. they hired Lovey Smith because of two things. One, the Brian Flores lawsuit. I think the NFL said, hey, listen, we need you to do us a solid. And the Texans said, sure. Yeah. 
they don't I'm not saying this is about the, the league as a whole. This is strictly the Texans. If you have a true candidate, I don't care if it's African-American, a white guy, Homer Simpson. If you have a candidate that you truly like, you make that person the head coach. Okay? The, the, no bull, bull jive. Arguments say Carolina. They fired Matt Rule. Steve Wilkes was the interim head coach. Steve Wilkes did a heck of a job. Just, I'm not saying give him the job. Interview other candidates to see what you can get. But let Steve Wilkes have a fair shot there, Carolina. Yeah, you know, don't don't just be like, well, we interviewed the guy, we followed the Rooney rule, and then some, and then be like, well, we did our job. No, right, like the Rooney rule. Silly talk. The Rooney rule is put in place, and I believe a lot of people just, okay, we interviewed this guy, but we're really going to go in this direction. Not a real reason why. That's just what organizations have been doing. It doesn't work. And it's a shame. It doesn't work. It does not work. Yeah. And there needs to be serious changes on that front. Uh, but Leftwich will be looking for another job. Again, I, as a Jet fan, uh, along with, Mr. Greg Roman, who we'll talk about in a sec, will happily take him and uh, hopefully groom the issues brought upon with Zach Wilson and stuff. And uh, I, I, by the way, changed my mind about the Wilson situation. Uh, just a side note, if we're going to bring on a new coordinator, you got to keep the, the quarterback. You got to keep it. You can't. There is no way in hell you're going to bring in a veteran and Pair him up with the new coordinator. No, new coordinator's job is to fix the issues that Mike LaFleur had. So that's just me. And I think Greg Roman with Zach Wilson could work. Yeah. I really believe that could work. Yeah, Gre- Greg Roman's a very interesting one. I'm very surprised, but also not entirely surprised. Because I feel like Lamar did step in a little bit with this with this uh, Greg Roman decision. I don't know if you guys agree. Um, this team needs receivers. Yeah. And receivers aren't going to go there just to block. They want to be a real part of this offense. So anything to get real receivers in there because again, I think this team I think Baltimore is good enough to be a Super Bowl team with a couple of receivers. So go out, do that. And then let's see. And the Ravens got the coach. They got the quarterback. They just need the other pieces to fall into place. And hopefully, you know, free agency in the draft helps them try to fill those voids. Baltimore, I'm not a smart person. I've never claimed to be. I never will be. Call Arizona on DeAndre Hopkins tomorrow. Yeah, you know this turmoil with that, too. And uh, obviously, brand new, everything going into Arizona. Now, of course, I do have certain issues with Lamar. I still think, even though he's gotten better with with the passing, I think he has. I still think he's that one trick pony type of thing where all he does, where his best, he's at his best when he runs, when he uses his legs. So he, he to me, still seems more like a running back than a passer. And I think part of that, though, Dan, is the fact they don't have great receivers. I think we need to see him with a complementary group of receivers 
before we can go out and say he can't do it. Because I, I not to bring up bad memory, I right. still remember week one against the Jets where he's hit Rashad Bateman down the field. Mm-hmm. So if they can go out and get him some toys, we can finally have a fair evaluation of Lamar. I think that's what we need. Patch. Yeah, you know, it's 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 weird with Lamar right now because we know Lamar is great. It's just, you know, he needs he needs someone else than Mark Andrews. He really needs someone else than him on his team where, you know, it can it's it, it's kind of like Pat Mahomes almost. You know, Pat Mahomes really only had Kelsey for the longest time. And then finally, you know, Juju came over. Um the former Packers wide receiver whose name escapes me at the moment came over. And now Pat Mahomes has a, a complete wide receiver core where we know we now we actually know that Pat Mahomes is good. He's just not relying on Kelsey. Lamar needs someone else than Mark Andrews. And like I said, you need to go out and get Hopkins, go out and get somebody to help, to help you to prove that, you know, you're worth it. And that you're not a bust, even though we know Lamar is not a bust. We know Lamar is good. Yeah. So the Ravens will obviously uh, do an extensive search for a new OC. And I believe that's about 10 teams that are looking for new offensive coordinators, which is uh, a lot to deal with. So we'll see how that ends up. To the NBA. And the Nets on a losing streak since Sir Kevin Durant hurt himself. Rifkin. <laughs> oh, how this is. First of all, I feel bad for Kevin. I hope he gets better. Yeah. Kyrie Irving, you deserve every ounce of stuff I'm about to spew because you are supposed to be the guy now that Kevin's not playing. And you lost to a Phoenix Suns team down Chris Paul, Devin Booker. Terrible. You lost to Oklahoma City. Okay. You didn't even play Terrible. a game against the San Antonio Spurs, who, by the way, really are bad. They're a bad team. And probably, probably they probably would have won if he had played. And you want us to, to feel good about it, Kyrie, because you deserve this. I don't this is this is what we call karma. Yeah. No, th- this is it, what it's proving is that you know. By the way, they're tied with Utah right now, uh, as we speak on a Friday night. So, so, so they're tied with Utah. You know what that calls for, Dan? <laughs> jazz hands yeah, jazz hands look I think the argument is over and look and I, I give the Nets credit I think the Nets look way better under Jacques Vaughn than they did under Steve Nash mm-hmm. I don't think anyone's disputing it but the argument is over this is Kevin Durant's team Kevin Durant leads the charge Nets don't have Kevin Durant it is it's not impossible to uh, win a game, but it's tougher. We, we've learned that KD is the glue to Brooklyn. 
just like you know we we've learned in the past where we know that lebron was the glue to the calves and then once lebron left for the the sunny side of florida in miami we knew that cleveland would for lack of a better term just freaking implode and we knew that they were nobodies good you know i I, like i said kd get better we miss you on the court but no sympathy towards Kyrie because as Rifkin said, Kyrie got a good old dose of karma. Oh, Ben Simmons, you're not immune to this either. <laughs> you're, 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 you're doing great, Ben. I don't know if you tried to play a um, joke in there with being immune, but. We'll Sorry, his it. back must be hurting from carrying the nets. <laughs> I, I, I like my I like Ben Simmons. Yeah, Kyrie, de- defensively, Russell Simmons is cooler than Ben Simmons. Ben <laughs> Ben Simmons defensively has been solid scoring. Yeah. In any case, um, the yeah, it's it, it, the Nets are uh, in a tight one right now with the Utah Jazz. So. I hope they lose. <laughs> I hope so too. Uh, yeah. Well, when Utah goes over 500, so it's a big game for Utah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, totally, totally. By the way, how how how's that looking for Utah right now? That they they got rid of Donovan Mitchell and uh, then everybody. You know, else. a team in New York City that could use a Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, but I you wish. know what? To be fair to the Knicks, they've been doing just fine without him. So, Nick, the the, the Knicks are three games over 500. I'm not complaining. They're currently in the seventh spot in the East. Yeah. Although they do have the same record as Miami. So, well, Miami. No, this next team I think has surprised a lot of people this year. So, speaking of surprises, I'm just looking at the Western Conference standings now. The Sacramento Kings are third in the West. Yeah, good job by the Kings. How about that? That is, that's insane. They haven't been relevant since Chris Webber. Can, can they finally break <laughs> their playoff drought? I mean, they, they got to. got to have confidence that they will. I mean, you know, they're in the three hole now. So just play about 500 the rest of the way and you're probably there. Mm. Like the, the, you know. If you go through the rest of the West, like, I don't know what the Clippers are there in the seventh spot, but Golden State, I think, can make a run. Phoenix, I think, will eventually make a run. But outside of that, the Lakers aren't going to make a run. You know, Oklahoma City, I think, is playing better than people thought, but I don't think they're a playoff team yet. The Kings got a real shot at this thing. Yeah, look, the play of – Darren Fox, Harrison Barnes has been tremendous. And if the Kings can continue with that little formula they have, it's a pretty solid chance that they'll be the third seed in the playoffs and, uh, let's be real, a threat to the Western Conference. I can't believe I'm saying that. I mean, you brought up Fox. He leads team averaging 24 a night. Sabonis, 18 points. 12 rebounds, 7 assists. Ooh-wee. They got him a team. I, I don't know if they'll finish third or where, where they'll finish, but yeah, 
Yeah, Mike Brown and company have been doing a very good job. Mike Brown's got to be the front runner for coach of the year right now. I mean, look, the the Kings were a complete afterthought last year, and now they're in third place. So will this stay? I mean, I don't know. A lot could happen, but right now they're playing some real darn good basketball. Just watch out for for Golden State because with a healthy Steph Curry, the Golden State Warriors are always in it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, he he put forty the other night, so that that pretty much that pretty much solves it. Uh, right now, the Warriors are at the sixth seed; they're at five hundred. I I just think they take the regular season off. They don't care. They get in. They're gonna be what they are, and that's really good. Yeah, but you do, do you, but in the NBA, you you need to be in a good spot because you know why. I'm sure the Warriors as underdogs will fuel the fire of everyone in that team. You know, you got to be, you got to watch out because these teams are all of a sudden you have all these teams that no one really thought of. And they're all of a sudden getting better and better and better by the day. I, I just figured the West is going to win like the next 10 championships because the West is just loaded and the East you have Brooklyn. <laughs> Boston hangs in there, but if we're, if we're realistic, like everyone's just defecting to the West and no one really wants to play in the East right now. By the way, Celtics have won eight in a row. They're um, 34 and 12 on the year. They only lost one game in December. They went eight and one. I think the only lost was, I think, to Utah, if memory oh. serves me. I will look that up for you. I can't remember. You said in lost. December, correct? Was December. I, I think in December they went eight and one. Uh, the lone loss was to the Heat. Ah. And that took overtime. But, yeah. uh, but I also lost to the Warriors. So that's two. Oh, no. Oh, okay. I, I take that back. Brooklyn. Brooklyn went eight and one. Okay. Broken one eight and one. Uh, Celtics, I think. I think Celtics lost three games in December. Yeah. So, uh, Celtics are good. Milwaukee's good. If the season ended today, the four or five in the East would be Brooklyn, Cleveland. That would be some fun stuff. Let's go, Cleveland. Uh, if you go to the West. The four or five would be New Orleans, Dallas. That'd be a good matchup. Zion against Luca. Luca, who, who who you know is going to absolutely ball out in the playoffs because he already has. Oh, he's been so good. Yeah. You know, you got Memphis a game out of first place behind Denver. Yeah, half a game out. The, the West is competitive. The East is very top heavy. I feel like that's every year in the NBA. Yeah, a lot of the Eastern Conference team they haven't even bro- broken thirty yet in terms of win total. So it's yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's a very tight race. I mean, I think the Knicks are tied for seventh, sixth right now actually uh, with the Miami Heat, and of course they dropped. Yeah, they they've dropped three in a row now. The Knicks so. That's all right. Next is, the, the next step still exceeded expectations this season. 
that surprised a lot of people with hanging in. They've been hanging in games. I think they've only had, I think, four or five blowouts this year where they've lost big. But other than that, they've been playing competitive basketball all year, and that's all thanks to Tibbs. Now, they've got the Raptors coming up who they haven't beaten at home. Then the Cavs, Celtics, Nets, and Lakers to round up January. I can see them winning two of those games. If Maybe three. Could, if you could be five over by the All-Star break, that's a pretty darn good uh, thing to have. Like I think I think that's a good record to have, and it puts them in a great position. If they're trying to make the playoffs, puts them in a good position to, to be that playoff team. Hmm. If they're active at the trade deadline, I'll be happy. Sure, why not? I mean, let, let, go get some bench pieces. Let's see if they can get maybe yeah. not a star, but a guy well, who can help produce offensively. We're gonna That'd see be- a lot. We're gonna see a lot more of Jericho Sims because Mitchell Robinson hurt himself, so he's gonna. You be know what? Team. And Jericho Sims brings great hair. And great athleticism. <laughs> God, that, that Mitchell Robinson loss is going to be huge for the Knicks because he's obviously um, one of the best players. The guy the Knicks really need is R.J. Barrett. They need R.J. Barrett to start being the reason why they're winning games. This is the reason why you got an extension. Yeah, I mean, and, and so far it's been Brunson and Randall, which has been the bigger reasons. But yeah, you're right. Like, you know, the, the, the whole point of not getting Mitchell was to commit to RJ. So if RJ is below average or at best good, mm-hmm. like that's it's not enough for this franchise. You know, we, we took you as our number one draft pick a few years ago. Like, he, it, it should be his time to start blossoming, and he hasn't quite done it yet. He had a, he had, he showed a lot of flashes of blossoming last season, but really hasn't been much since. And, you know, here and there you put up 30 point gains and stuff, but it, he needs to it's come the out consistency. Yeah, he's inconsistent. There you go. That's the better way to put it. He he has to take control as if this is his team and stuff. And then you have your cast of characters like a Brunson, who's a great point guard, and obviously score. Randall, who you know is going to put up at least 25 a night. So get in line, RJ. That's all I'm saying. Get in line. All right. That's our basketball talk. Anything else on the anything else on the calendar, Dan? Well, Wallace Chapman has finally signed with the team after his falling out with the New York Yankees. He is heading over to the great franchise that is the Kansas City Royals on a one-year $3.75 million contract. Hey, them Royals have won a World Series recently. My question is just going to be, what are you going to get for him at the trade deadline? Or he really likes the Lord Song Royals. Now, look, obviously not enough, not a lot of pressure for him in Kansas City. He could obviously revitalize his career and stuff. Um, 
But in reality, I don't know how good Kansas City is going to be. And this is probably just a hot name that they can get to have some type of relevancy. That's just my opinion. Uh, I don't know, Rifkin, I don't know if you agree, but, you know, that's, that's honestly he's going, he's going to a place. There won't be a ton of pressure. He'll close games. I don't think the Royals are going to contend. So if he's good yeah. enough, he'll get them something decent at the trade deadline. But he has to be better than what he was as a Yankee recently. Yeah, not only does he have to be better, his behavior has to be better. Because oh, yeah, 100%. Clearly, the Yankees didn't like how he acted, didn't like how things ended. And it sucked because the Yankees really, really, you know, committed to this guy, to being their closer for years. And the fact that it did not work out, the many times that the Yankees have been to the playoffs, been to World Series contention, and the fact that he's not getting the job done for them, like, it was very frustrating with all this at times. It was very, very, very frustrating. And obviously, his last two seasons closing the door uh, obviously did not quite work out. So his behavior has to change, and his per- pitching performance, you know, out of the pen has to change. The, the two yeah. moments I remember the most are for Aldis Chapman recently, 2020 against the Rays in San Diego, where Mike Brasso takes him deep in, in, to win the game. And Altu- when Altuve took him deep, yeah, he he needs to regain the old Cincinnati form where he could just blow it by you. I know he's not that guy anymore, but he needs to find some form of confidence to help him. So, just just remember, be careful getting tattoos. <laughs> Uh, I still can't believe that was an actual injury. How you include this. How do you get an infection from a tattoo? As 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 the old as as an old candy bar commercial goes, he had no regrets about getting it. No regrets. No regrets. Never regrets. And people might have regrets when they go to a commander's game finally because the commanders decided to open a sports book inside their stadium. <laughs> so people will be having lots of regrets because one, they lost money, but two, they lost money at a commander's game. Yeah. So so, so Maryland finally opens up the sports books. Legal gambling can happen there, whatever. And one of the first things they do is they open up a sports book at FedEx Field, which might get torn down in a few years. Like, understand that. Um, very sounds interesting. Like, it sounds like the ultimate Dan Snyder coup. It's kind of like Atlanta opened a Chick fil A that they know can't be open on Sundays for NFL games. <laughs> Did, yeah, I just, I want to say this on the sports book thing. Like, the NFL suspended Calvin Ridley. I know a full season for gambling. Yeah. Now, first and foremost, Calvin Ridley's mistake was stupid because he bet on the Falcons to win, which the Falcons. Two, this is such a double standard in the NFL mm-hmm. because every commercial is FanDuel, DraftKings, MGM. And now you're building these in stadiums, yet we're going to suspend a player for a year. Roger Goodell, this is not a hit just on you. This is on everyone. 
take your big chair in your mm-hmm. basement that we saw during the 2020 draft, put it on the side of the road, uh, the sidewalk of New York City, and just lean back a little bit and then fall down because this is stupid and I don't understand any of it. And understand that as the gambling was growing, the NFL was making money off of it. They were profiting off the gambling. Yes, they weren't obviously the, the, there's there's rules against players, but the average man was gambling off the NFL and they made money off of it. So the fact that you're you're going to have this silly silly double standard uh, where players can't gamble but everyone else can, comical. It's comical. I don't care what players do with their fucking money. Honestly, I don't. And so what if it influences a game? You know what? That probably should be a thing. Players gamble, and now they're going to play harder to win. If everyone does it, hello. I, I like to stay on like sports betting and all that. I, I wonder if NFL players do fantasy football to try to oh, better yeah. themselves. I would, I would love to know if like the odds, like how fantasy football happens inside the NFL for themselves. I would love just to just see that, like see, see to see like Josh Allen. Josh Allen said taking himself, he takes like Lamar or he'll take Daniel Jones. Okay, if the referee, I mean, Austin Eckler talks highly of fantasy football. I don't know who's on his team. But Austin Eckler talks a lot about fantasy football. I know. I'm sure the referees do it too. Oh, please! The referees probably do. And they're in. They're in money league, so you know. You know. No wonder Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers get all the calls. <laughs> oh, Tom, Tom! Please retire, Tom. Yeah, I I will reiterate something. I think I said on Monday. Tom's going to Vegas. Oh, I, I think he's. I think he's going there too, but I just wish he'd retire. It's going to be the ultimate nightmare. He's either going to sign with the Giants or the Jets for one year. Please, no Jets. I mean, I'd ask Danny how he'd feel if the Jets did it, but I just see the I, look on his I face. I would love just. I I would love for the Giants just to do it, just to see reaction to certain people within the network and my friends. And you know he well. should sign with the Giants, only to lose the job to Eli Manning. <laughs> it would be it would be better if like Brady came to the Giants and was the Giants and the Patriots in the Super Bowl, and then the Patriots finally beat the Giants in the Super Bowl. Third time's the charm, and it 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 caught at what cost? It comes at the cost of Tom Brady playing for the Giants, and Mac Jones has his euphoric celebrate euphoric moment and that that you just turned tom brady into marion hosa i hope you're happy with that i'm happy with that i will take that with me but we we know he's not going to sign with the giants but the what if can be wait patrick let me ask you this do you know who marion hosa is no okay 81 Hmm, well Listen, it's eleven o'clock. It's eleven o'clock on a Friday. My brain is fried. Eighty-one, Hosa. We're Hosa. in Freaky Friday. 
Nine times nine equals Hosa. Hosa. Uh, Freaky Friday, great movie. Which one? <laughs> the 2004 one. Okay. With Lindsay Lohan and Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, yes. Okay. Not the silly remake that they Disney tries to pull off sometimes. Before Lindsay Lohan went cuckoo choo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's trying to make a comeback. For Lindsay Lohan, we root for comebacks. Unless you're Brett Favre or Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah, Brett Favre, don't do it. Yeah, he did and screwed the Jets off. Well, and then he and and then he did other shenanigans that kind of ruined him. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Let's and that could be a whole nother podcast episode, but I think for now we'll leave it at that. All right. We'll call it a night. Thank you, folks. Um follow us on our socials. We're on the uh, the Twitter at SIN Sports Insane Podcast. You can go to the network Twitter. It's at S Insanity Real. Uh, at S Insanity Real on Facebook as well. Please follow us there. Uh, website Patchman. Oh, that is a lovely website. I've spent countless hours trying to remodel, yes. refix. Try, I'm trying my best here. Got to do a little more, but it's www.thesportsinsanitynetwork.com to keep up with all the blogs, learn more about the network, learn more about us. And for content you really don't want to see, go to OnlyFans.com backslash Nathan Moser for that content you really do not want to see. Neither does his girlfriend. It's true. Oh, that is fantastic, Dan. Danny boy with a burr in the Moser. <laughs> as, as that TikTok, uh, TikTok, as that TikTok trend would say, emotional damage. As Rifkin says, go Bengals. Let's go Bengals. No, let's go Bills. Let's go Bengals. Bills Mafia for Mama Patch. Joe Burrow. Bills Mafia, even though I think Joe Burrow is going to win too, but Bills Mafia for Mama Patch. Okay. Uh, tune into the Sunday Silent Report on YouTube this uh, weekend. They'll talk about the Sunday slate, the two Sunday games, which again involves the Bills and the Bengals. Uh, that should be very exciting. And, of course, the Cowboys and the Niners. Go Cowboys. Niners. Go Cowboys. I, I, I don't care about those teams, so no, they, they can all sweat it out. Uh, Mike Rifkin, thank you for joining us again. Anytime. Lawrence Passman Lang, I'll see you top half of the fourth. Hopefully. <laughs> Absolutely. Remember, say goodnight to your mama. Your mama loves you. Say goodnight to your father, too, because papa loves you, too. Namaste. Peace. We have finals in the Saturday slate of the NFL divisional round. The Jaguars drop to the Chiefs 27 to 20. Valiant effort by Jacksonville. Obviously, they uh, did have to crawl their way back a little bit just to make it a game. But ultimately, the Chiefs made the bigger plays and uh, they were able to hold off the Jaguars' uh, mini comeback. Again, 27 20 final score there. Patrick Mahomes actually got hurt. In this game, he apparently is going to get an MRI on that ankle. Seems like it is a high ankle sprain there. Mahomes uh, was hobbling pretty much the, the, the entire second half. He uh, ended up missing the, when he got hurt. Um, I believe it was in the first quarter. He ended up missing the rest of the half. And Chad Henney actually came in 
and um, did a, a serviceable job of obviously the job of backup is to make sure the offense keeps moving and the offense definitely kept moving there they were able to score a touchdown one of the drives so uh, Kansas City making big plays uh, ultimately bigger plays that, that um, was too much for the Jaguars to overcome 27-20 again final score at Arrowhead then the Giants and Eagles the Eagles, as I predicted, would be a little too much for the Giants. 38-7 was the final score in Philly at the Lincoln Financial Field. And look, I, I, I just want to say this. The, the Giants had a good season. This is not a knock against the team. Obviously, there are many, many holes. The Eagles are a better team. And the Giants yesterday, with the team that they have, proved that they did not belong on the same field with the Eagles. The Eagles are a more superior team. It showed very quickly. Offense was moving ground and pound. The passing game, even though Jalen Hurts, um, you, you can tell is still kind of iffy. Jalen Hurts was able to move the offense both passing and by running the football. So it, it was obvious that the two teams are on different planets and uh, defensively as well, the Eagles were just a lot to deal with for the New York Giants. And uh, Daniel Jones, you know, he obviously making a lot of turnovers um, and a lot of mistakes. Stuff that we saw from pretty much his first three seasons. You know, a lot of the things that we actually criticized Daniel Jones for, he actually reverted back to that in this uh, divisional round. And obviously, again, that's more of a testament to the Eagles as a team and stuff. So the fact that they were able to make uh, Daniel Jones flustered and uh, ultimately halt the, the surging Giants offense uh, just goes to show you once again, Eagles are a more superior team. They kicked ass. Kicked ass enough as they head over to the NFC Championship game. 38-7, again, your final score there. Good season for the Giants. Now you move forward. You beef up this team. You get better players. You need playmakers. The Giants are lacking a lot. Of and they, look, they have, they have a pieces. They have pieces here and there that they can work with. But they got to get more playmakers. And if you're going to keep Daniel Jones, which I – think that's going to be the case. Got to get him some better receivers out there and a better uh, offensive line to protect him because if you throw this team out next year, they're going to get killed. And the NFL is only going to get stronger and stronger and stronger. These teams are going to get stronger by the years. So it's one of the things that the Giants really have to work on. So uh, just a little bit there. And I'm going to be really honest with you. you know, I was very disappointed with the coaching of uh, Brian Dable, you know, yesterday, you know, look, Brian Dable is a good coach. You can tell he has uh, that head coaching mentality. You can tell that he's ready. But yesterday he slipped up big time. He was too aggressive early, obviously. The and the Giants' second drive, they had a, a, I believe, a fourth and four, and they went for it rather than punting the football. And um, the Eagles were able to, to get a turnover. And it, it it cost him big time because then the Eagles were able to drive down and get into the touchdown. Before you know, it was 14 nothing, And 
the, the Giants are, you know, pretty much sitting ducks. The bottom line is this. Brian Dable, you know, probably wasn't ready for the moment. And I think it's it's a learning experience for him. Then he'll look if he's going to be as good of a head coach as we expect him to be. He'll definitely learn from this um, game, and hopefully the Giants will be much better, and he'll be a much better coach for that. So uh, I applaud the Giants overall, but again, they got exposed big time, as I expected, and they move forward. As for the Eagles, now you go to the championship game. You're obviously hosting it, so that's going to be uh, a wild scene. And uh, would it be a nice scene if... Uh, the Cowboys were to be in there. I have the Cowboys. I like the Cowboys in their game against 49ers. I wanted to see Cowboys-Eagles in the championship game. That would be very, very exciting. Can't wait for that. All right, folks, um, Sunday Silent Report. If you're not going to listen to it or watch it live, it will be on YouTube um, for you to watch later on, and you can get all the... Uh, the reactions to Saturday's schedule, and then, of course, the, um, the Sunday games. Uh, obviously, we'll have more reaction throughout the week as well. Take care, and I'll talk to you soon. Peace out. What's going on, everyone? Lawrence Patchman Lang here, president of the Sports Insanity Network, just reminding you to go to our website, www.thesportsinsanitynetwork, where you can read everyone's blogs here on the network, and also find about the history of the Sports and Sandy Network.